You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 23rd, episode 3105. Brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a full show planned for you today. We have author Sarah Hickner on. She's going to return to tell us about her new book, Finding Gideon. She's going to talk about that and how she's delivering it in a new way. Also, Auditor Clark gives us a report on the building of our kitchen over the weekend. And you still have a lot of equestrian first world problems. I also have uh, another segment I recorded at the trade show. And we have a post show coming up where we're talking about children, one in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I ha- on Friday morning show, right after the opener, we played a sound file. And I had everybody that wanted to guess could guess by sending me an email of what that sound file was. It was a dude. That- Do you play? Can you play it again? Go. I think you get the hint. <laughs> Do you want me to guess what I thought it was? That goes on for a minute, by the way. So, yes, go ahead. <laughs> it sounds like a guy, like one of those strongman competitions where he's like holding like a telephone pole and he's like launching it and then oh, launching another one, launching another one, like working as physically hard as he possibly can. Oh, that's a good guess, I? but way wrong. So. Oh. <laughs> So we had a we had a variety of guesses. One person guessed smashing beer cans on his forehead, which was a good guess actually, uh, and it does involve beer cans. Uh, so what this guy was doing is he was tearing beer cans apart with his teeth. So he was tearing what? them in half with his teeth, like bite. He wasn't opening them. them. He was ripping them with ripping his teeth. Ripping them in half with his teeth. Uh, and he managed to set the world record, by the way, of tearing beer cans apart with his teeth. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and we want to congratulate one person who got it correct, and that's Carrie Garvey. So Carrie is going to get an HRN hat. I will send that out to you. Because so Carrie does that in her yeah, spare time. Maybe. <laughs> or her husband. <laughs> Can you play it again just so now I okay. know, or is it gone? It's gone. Sorry. Uh, okay. But- <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, makes my teeth hurt. Yeah, yeah. And he's the kind of dude, he looks like the kind of dude that would tear beer cans apart, or beer cans apart with his teeth. He, cool. He looks, That's awesome. What that you picture hot. is what you got right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the little announcer lady that said go was dressed up in like a Danish outfit. Uh, and uh, he, she looked like the whole time she was staring at him like, how the hell am I, am I here? <laughs> yeah. She was <laughs> It was so funny. All right. Uh, Also, another world record that was announced uh, over the weekend was that this little dog named Spike was born in 1999, and he now holds the record for being the oldest living dog currently. 
and I surprised me. Would if you had a guess for the oldest living dog right now, how old would you guess? I wouldn't have guessed twenty three, but I have questions about yeah, this because yeah. I read this story too. Yeah, yeah. They say he was born in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and he is at least twenty three years old. Twenty three years and seven days old yep. when it was verified. How was it verified? Because she found him in a parking lot. Of yeah. a grocery store. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. Although, I got to say, Guinness is pretty particular about how they verify these things. So, I don't know. They carbon date him? Like, how does that work? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. My, You know what? I have a 72-year-old dog, so Apparently there you go, the, Spike. Uh, the owner, Rita, has had him for 14 years, and you're right, found him abandoned in a parking lot, apparently in really rough shape. Uh, blood stains all around his neck from a chain or a rope and looked pretty rough. And uh, she, she uh, the grocery or the clerk at the store said he'd been there for three days. So this lady took took uh, took him home. Now I said it was a ten year old pooch home to her farm. I don't know how they verified it, to be honest. Yeah, I, See, I, I don't know things like this. Um... Yeah, they're pretty particular though. I mean, when you get a world record, you have to work for it. I don't know. I don't know how they did it, but I will say that that seemed young to me. <laughs> I did because I know there's dogs that live old, but apparently the oldest recorded living dog that they can kind of verify was in 1939, and it was an Australian cattle dog named Bluey who was 29 years and five days. So that's pretty old for a dog. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Shenanigans, <laughs> shenanigans. You're not, you're not buying it. You know? I'm not buying it. I mean, it, it could be, but like, I don't know with horses, you know, at certain times you can tell how old they are by their teeth, but even that's not a guarantee. Oh no. Two, two people will fight about that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's yeah. seven. He's 11. Yeah. But he's yeah seven, no, but nobody he's agrees 11. on the teeth. They, they no. Oh, it's around that. Yeah. You're right. I don't know. I don't know. And if you find a horse that's uh, abandoned in a parking lot at the age of four, you're not going to have any idea whether he's four or three or two or five or six. You can tell those because they have baby teeth uh, that come out. Yeah, but and not to the day. Pretty, no, not to the day. So, <laughs> I mean, there are like DNA tests now, I think, that age of maybe that's maybe they did that. But still, All shenanigans. Right. If anybody knows, let us know. All right, uh, let's do you know, some... I don't let us know. I don't really care. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, don't Congratulations, let us know. Spike. Way to go, buddy. Good job, Spike. You have a certificate. And you're going first on Daily Winnies. Oh, well, I had as, as terrible of a Sunday as I had. I had a great Saturday. And that is because Agent McGee, this horse that I had, um, in training from horse and hound got adopted and yeah i i adopt out a lot of them but i had to just tell you this story because this was this was so cool this horse was awesome big 16 to quarter horse looking built big solid dude blaze couple socks super calm barrett and i farm boy and i were fighting over who gets to ride him like i want to no, i until we actually did rock paper scissors and he won and he got to ride him the last ride and i found that if i post you know i posted all these training videos and all these great things that i do with all of these horses and then you know what gets them adopted it's either a really cute headshot or a video of them cantering it's like if people can see him cantering and not getting bucked off, then they'll adopt him. And so we posted the canter video. Boom. Somebody wants to come out and see him. 
So it is a 14-year-old girl who's been taking lessons and works with the trainer. It's like the best. She kills. She keeps them at her house. She has like a 27-year-old horse. And so they were getting a younger one. It was like this perfect scenario. Okay, so I take the horse into the uh, round pen. I'm like, just ride him in here. I don't know how you ride. You know, like it's a big thoroughbred. You're a 14-year-old girl. He's perfect. It was just like, it was meant to be. Walk, try, going around, no problem, posting up and down, turning all the things that he was doing. It was great. So the mom and the dad are standing outside the round pen. And the mom was like, well, I think he's great. What do you think? And she's just like, oh my God, I love him so much. You know, it was great. Everybody was super excited. And the mom's like, okay, how do we proceed on adopting him? And I was like, well, um, I postponed anybody else looking at him until Monday. So you guys can take the weekend to decide. And all you have to do is if you want to pay for him is to go on horse and hounds website. And then you just donate to the PayPal and the dad holds up his phone. He goes, I already did it. I already did it. <laughs> I was like, what? He, while he, while she was riding him, he adopted this horse without even telling his wife or daughter. He's like, I already did that. Yeah, he's ours. I already did it. I mean, it was like so cool, like super dad. Way to go, man. It was awesome. I was so excited for the little girl, but I've never seen a dad be like, yup, get the horse. <laughs> that means for 14 years, he's been hearing about a, I want a horse. I want a horse. I want a horse. And he exactly. was over it. <laughs> and I think they looked at a bunch that were not as suitable. Oh, and I think they were like, done. yep, this is it. <laughs> I'm buying it before she changes her mind. <laughs> not even done talking to the mom, telling her how to do I did it. I did it. I hear, I have a receipt here. And I was like, well, let's put him in the trailer. <laughs> It was awesome. There's a so, horse dad that's over it. Yeah, that or he's just like, yep, this is it. This I is don't, it. You know, this one's going to no get No changing your mind over the weekend. We're good. <laughs> I'm not looking We're at good. any I'm more horses. Any more horses, I'm done. <laughs> well, good for that. Congratulations to all of them. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And you, you have room for another new horse now. That's true. I will be, you know what? I'm actually, I forgot to tell you this. I'm, I think... We're we're having a snowstorm come tomorrow afternoon, Um, but tomorrow morning I'm hopping on a flight to go out to Monty's in California, and I'll just do the show there Wednesday, and then hopefully come back Thursday. If I can't get a flight, then I'll come back Friday. just depends on the weather, so stand by to see if I'll be here Friday or not, but I'll be here Wednesday, hopefully coming at you from Flag is Up, unless the snow comes a little early, (laughs) because people freak out here. All right. My turn. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't finish the sentence. I am picking up two more next Saturday. No, oh, there we go. There you go. Happy Gary. Birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy we have a bunch of auditors with birthdays. Martha Coors, Lisa Cheeseman, Chessman. God, Cheeseman. Cheeseman. Amy McElderry. McElderry. Danny Collins <laughs> and Tigger, host of Healthy Critters Radio. And I don't know what happened last week, but we got three new auditors in one week. Uh, we have Zoe, Sarah, and Angela all became new auditors last Woo-hoo! week. Thank you so much for signing up, everybody. We really appreciate it. And Jillian raised her pledge. So good job, all of you. Now, I have another Daily Winnie, uh, which I, is an audible recorded one. And here it is. Well, I have an Audible Daily Winnie today, and it, we're doing it from my couch, because we're tired, 
And our, my daily winnie is to Auditor Clark, who came down and helped us put in a kitchen this weekend. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. It was so fun. It was fun. And to explain to everybody what we got done. I mean, I'm impressed with what we got done. <laughs> well, we installed the cabinets, which we intended to do. And then we installed the countertop. Uh, and then cut the sink out. Okay, so the terrifying part of this whole thing... Actually, the cabinets went in pretty well. Uh, we didn't really have much trouble with the cabinets, but we bought a $600 uh, butcher block countertop that we took all week to oil and oil and oil and oil and oil. It's eight feet long, weighs about 100 pounds. And so our, we were we got it set in, that was all good. It was cutting out the sink out of that $600 piece of wood and knowing if we screwed it up... <laughs> We were going to be starting over. Yeah, measure eight times, cut once. <laughs> we measured at least 25 times before we cut that sink out. But the sink went in the first time perfectly. It's beautiful. Yeah, it worked out well. It looks great. It does. And I bought an enormous sink for the size of the kitchen. I and Jennifer looked at it today and said, wow, that's a big sink. I said, yep, we're going to be able to wash Scooter in that sink. We'll just throw them in there and wash them. <laughs> yeah, it's about that big. <laughs> you could fit a small dog. For sure, and that's like yeah, medium. Dog. medium <laughs> yeah, you can fit a medium dog in that. So, Clark, uh, thank thank you so much. Give a plug for your company, and if people want whatever you have, let them know about it. Well, um, I work for Florida Southern Plywood Corporation out of Jacksonville, Florida. I'm the kitchen designer there, but we also sell lumber and hardwood to guys that build their own stuff, and we import our own line of uh, cabinets. So. Ready to go. These are really nice cabinets. So what maker was these? This is Fabbywood, and you can look at them at uh, fabbywood.com. Yeah, this is, they're really nice. They have the soft clothes, and we did two different colors. You'll see it in the pictures I'll post in the show notes for today. But we did gray on bottom and white on the top, and we weren't too sure, how, light gray, and we weren't too sure how it would look with the wooden countertops, with the butcher block, but it looks fa- fabulous. <laughs> it does, it does. And then uh, we ended up, the project we ended up with today was doing the floor. Yeah, which we didn't even think we were going to get to. But nope. We did the bamboo floor like in the rest of the house. By the way, that, uh, what is it called? The the notch, whatever it's called, the floating floor we put in, yeah. which notches together. That is so easy to do. Oh, my God, that beats tile. Oh, yeah. we It flew, and we just knocked it out. Yeah, well, you had all the tools, too, so that helped. But you, are you still a racehorse owner? I am. Okay, I am. so tell us about that. I, I have own, to put something coursey in here. I, to get it there. <laughs> I own uh, micro shares of four horses through my racehorse, and uh, they're all up and coming right now. But I have owned pieces of Monomoy Girl. Um, that was a fantastic racehorse. And uh, have you ever gotten any return on it, this? Is it I, like my dividends, 29 cents? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you don't go into it looking to make money. <laughs> I was I was spending a lot of money betting on the Triple Crown and I thought you know I can do I can do this and own it and have so much more joy. So I've got a I've got a um just turned 2 year old in training and uh it's been wonderful to see all the beginning steps of a racehorse from first handling to first saddling, first ride out. Do, in the are field. they really good about keeping you in the loop? They are make amazing. Um, couple updates a week. Um, so, and what percentage of this horse do you own? About a millionth. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think this is point zero two percent. There you go. <laughs> I'm not looking to get my money back, no. but, but <laughs> you might get a small dividend check. Well, at some you point. know, I've uh, I've used the winnings to 
purchase more racehorses. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always, has racing always been a passion? Yes. It, um, well, for about the last five, six years, um, it has been and uh, had a chance to buy through um, New Vocations had uh, a boy that was um, a full brother, half brother to Zenyatta and Winks and almost pulled the trigger on that one. But yeah, just didn't. <laughs> well, um, you also are in between horses yourself right now, right? I am. I so am. you're getting your horsey fix from us every morning? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Five times a week, you and, know, getting when, that horsey fix. <laughs> when did you start listening? About four years ago, I think. Um, and I started listening to retired racehorse radio and, um, and so, they, so joy was your gateway drug. Yeah. yeah. Joy and, and Jamie at that point. Yeah. And then somewhere that was mentioned that horses in the morning. And so then I just uh, started listening over horses in the morning. And so, and you told me it took about a week. We always say you have to give us a week because we're, we, we grow on you after a week. Yeah. I, you know, if you were looking for horsey content like I was, and it's, Kind of not until I realized this is morning drive time radio and it's a lot of fun like that. And then went, oh, yeah, I get this now. And so, yeah, I've been a listener. I think that's what happens. I think some people come to it expecting serious, you know, really straightforward horse talk training stuff. And the ones who come to it for entertainment are the ones who hang around. Yeah. Yeah. And once you realize that, hey, this is morning drive time instead of listening to a, a radio station, this is your morning drive time. And there you go. I cannot tell you how many people have inquired about how the kitchen is going. So I, these are people I've never met before who listen to the show all the time, and they care about our kitchen. <laughs> so You know, I am so glad that um, I was able to help in this because I know what kind of bids that um, I get from other clients. They come from other places, and I go, oh, I can beat that. And so, and you did, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did, for sure. We had gotten quotes from a couple. And then you called me, so thank you for calling me and saying, hey, look, I do this too. Uh, that's been a blessing, and it looks fabulous. We'll post pictures. And I'll do a video reveal when it's all done. We got painting to do yet and backsplash and things like that. We only have a couple things to do, actually. Yeah. And then we're done. But uh, when, once we get that done, we'll do a little video reveal and uh, show everybody. But uh, thanks, Clark. I know you have to get up the road to to uh, Jacksonville. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed it. What's the website for your business? Well, it's actually fspcjax.com. fspcjax.com. Yeah. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, Thanks. Great. Thank you. He was a godsend. <laughs> really I'm calling BS on this. I need to get to talk to him because I want to know what it was like doing all of that work with you that close to him. Like, <laughs> wow. It'd be so tough. <laughs> <laughs> but the microshare thing, I don't, you know, we talked about that years ago. Did you ever do any? I didn't buy any because the part of the fun of the micro share is you get to go to the races as an owner uh, and I'm not close enough to mm. any of those, but I'm going to look into it for um, Remington park because I think there's a organization that they're putting together uh, for that. But yeah, Monomoy girl, if you're not going to make money on Monomoy girl, you ain't going to make money. Yeah, Did you notice his hesitation when I asked him what kind of checks he's had in return? <laughs> He basically said, none of your business. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he got too much. <laughs> but I think part of the fun would be being involved in it. And, uh, you know, that most of the racehorses that are offered on these are Saratoga, you know, yeah. uh, Louisville, yeah. can, you know, all the places that I'm not close to. 
It would be fun to be able to go. You're right. The fun would be going to the race and watching in person. That would Mm -hmm. be the fun. Yeah. Well, the World Equestrian Center has a lot of fun, too, and they have many events going on right now. The 2023 Winter Spectacular Show Series is in full swing. This Saturday night is the $100,000 UF Health Grand Prix, and you can go watch that right there in the stadium in front of the Five Star Hotel. That's happening right now. Also, dressage is continuing, so they have three internationally rated dressage shows. Those are going on right now over there as well, so you can watch Jumping and Dressage. You can watch two of the three of the eventing world at uh, at high levels. And also this weekend is the Ocala Home Show. That's happening in one of the big conference centers as well. So check out everything that's going on. If you're driving by here on your way to Disney World on Route 75, you're heading down from Atlanta. Uh, it's literally 10 minutes off the highway. You can go check out the World Equestrian Center. Count on half a day and plan on eating there. They have 10 different restaurants, and they're all very good. That's worldequestriancenter.com for the complete schedule and everything going on. Well, we have another, I have another interview that I did over at WISA, and this was on the trade show floor, and it was with a treat company. There's always new treat companies I find at WISA and Ada every time I go. This one's called Dimples Horse Treats. Well, I am with Dave here at his booth, and he's the first time that I've seen you at WISA. Is that correct? It is our first time. Yeah, and uh, we always try and highlight a, a cookie company. That we appreciate is here. that. <laughs> Uh, so I have a Hackney Pony, and okay. if you know anything about Hackney Ponies, they I have do. sweet tooths, and uh, they I... love cookies of all kinds. So tell us about your company. What's it called? Dimples Horse Treats. And, and what the... makes it different than other horse treats? Well, one thing that makes it very unique is, first, it's a eight whole grains. is a very healthy great, uh, grain, uh, excuse me, a very healthy treat loaded with ground flax, beet pulp, wheat bran, just whole grains, and just a small amount of warm molasses. But it's also very soft and pliable, so you can administer any type of medication in our treat. So, hence, it has a pill dimple for medication. So, you just squish it around? Yep. Yep, that's right. It looked like Drop it a pill in and yep. squeeze it. Drop, Put powder in it and squeeze it. When the horse can't smell it, they'll eat it right down. And what's been the reaction? Well, it's pretty positive. Uh, we start making these on my kitchen table six years ago. That. Just That's how they all start. <laughs> I started making them for my horses. I had actually retired from different businesses twice. Last time I was a thoroughbred trainer. And uh, Okay, when you were a thoroughbred trainer, did you ever think you were going to be making these for a living? Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> when I made them, I just made them to get my wife to quit buying other treats. Oh, is that <laughs> Honestly, right? Is that a, why? We have an ongoing joke in our house, and when we're out shopping, and I said, don't make, don't buy that, honey. I'll make it for you. No, I, never do. How did she feel about you taking over the kitchen than the oven? Uh, that was short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> but I do most of the cooking at home, so it really didn't hurt anything. <laughs> so we actually moved out into one of our barns. We took our... Uh, one of our breeding barns, stripped it out, made it into an industrial kitchen. So for five years, we actually made these on my farm. Oh, wow. And, uh, but it got up to where we were making 20,000, 30,000 of them a day. Uh, very in lab- your barn? In my barn. Very labor-intensive. We had a good-sized crew. And uh, so last year, we moved into a new facility just a few miles down the road. And well, uh, so we, we produced them there. Yeah. Uh, so something that started on our kitchen table has expanded to the point we're in about 1,200 stores nationwide. We have so much fun with it because the horses absolutely love them. Our product is really unique. We don't put preservatives in it. It's a way we cure it, but they do not mold. They have over a year shelf I was life. That was my next question because some of the 
quote unquote all natural ones are do mold very quickly. They do, especially yeah. if you're in it's southern Florida, Florida yeah. and high humidity. <laughs> We're in every store in Florida. And yeah. we have never had a bucket returned. Oh wow. Yep. And That's it sounds like a sales pitch, but I worked horse shows all over the country and I always have an open bucket. We feed. Uh, we challenge to find the most finicky horse, and in six years, we've had one horse not eat them. So do you miss training at all? No. <laughs> I miss the winter circle <laughs> once in a while, but the ups and downs, yeah. no, I was on the road so much, and uh, it wasn't my life's ambition. I'm actually an agronomist by trade. I own fertilizer companies and sold them and started training a few of my own racehorses, and it just kind of expanded them from there. But after about 17 years of being on the road, I just said well, enough was enough. That gig will eat your soul, too, eventually. It, it will. And purses were going down. The industry yeah. was getting more difficult. And I got married. Oh, so well, there. That'll do it. <laughs> it changes everything. <laughs> that'll All do we, it. For the better, in case she's listening. Reason, they want yeah. you to stay home every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing how Exactly. That works. Well, now she says, don't you have a trade yeah, show? Exactly. But, yeah, exactly. No, we have a lot of fun. But, and she's a horse person, too. So we have a, a lot of fun with this and passing out samples everywhere we go. So what state is there, are these made in? Union, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Yep. Very good. Just a little north of Lexington. So we're in the heart of horse country. We put these in five or six stores there, and they took off, and we just keep adding on as we go. I'd pass your place all the time. When we lived in Lexington, heading up to the airport in Cincinnati. Florence, y'all, Water yep, Tower. Exactly. Everybody yep. knows that yep, one. Exactly. Yep. Well, very good. Where can What's the website? Uh, DimplesHorseTreats.com. And that's Dimple like on your face? Yes. Okay. And Dimple. it's from the little Dimple Hall. I know I don't own a horse named Dimples. Okay. That's <laughs> one of our regular questions. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Well, our next guest is Sarah Hickner, and she has been on before with us. She's an author, and she, when she released her first book, Stories from the Barn Isle, we had her on to talk about that. Hi, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, I'm glad to have you back. That means you're doing something else, and that something else is another book, right? It is, yes. This book is actually the reason I started writing, uh, so it's pretty exciting. I've spent about 10 years on it, so I'm, I'm ready to have this one out. <laughs> 10 years, I guess you would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very ready. I want to mark this off. So tell us, about what's the book called? The book is called Finding Gideon. And it's about when I was in college, I left home because I, I read the thoroughbred books as a kid and I became obsessed with the idea of galloping racehorses. And I'm from Mississippi. We don't have many racehorses there. And so I left home to gallop racehorses in Louisville, Kentucky. And within two weeks, I had a horrible accident. And then two weeks later, my horse disappeared. And so the book is about this, all of that happening and then me coping with it. And really a lot of my faith journey of figuring out like, what in the world, God, like how can, you know, how does a good God let such bad things happen? And well, so, and I'm it's gonna like stop me pursuing you. that dream. I'm going to stop you right there because you're actually putting this book out kind of, it's funny you mentioned that particular thing. You're putting this out as a podcast, which I want to talk to you about why you're doing that. But I have a little clip that talks exactly about what you just said. So you want to hear, let's take a listen okay. to that. I didn't uh, know what was next, but I knew I wasn't ready to give up. Everything had been at my fingertips. My determination had paid off, and I was good at this. But I wasn't sure if the choice was mine. I could control and ride out a lot of things, but a horse disappearing from underneath me wasn't one of them. Silent tears streamed down the sides of my face, creating salty streaks in the dirt and wetting the hair by my ears as I lay on the ground. I don't want to go home, God. Please don't make me go home. The shift of energy drew the men back to me like a fish on a line some natural inclination towards a damsel in distress. 
They leaned over and peered down, all their eyebrows in nearly comical matching slants. I wanted to spit in their faces to make them turn away. I hated the way these tears perked them up and changed the tone of their collective voice. I hated that I needed them. Instead, I turned my head to spit blood and let the moisture from my eyes become part of the track. So much for tough horse girls not crying. The ambulance arrived. EMTs leaped from the truck and raced towards me, shooting questions at the men as if they had been there and knew what happened, as if I hadn't. <laughs> well, that'll get you wanting to listen to the book. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty intense moment. <laughs> so, Jamie, also, you, you were probably about the same age when you were riding on the track. Maybe. I mean, I was 19 yeah. when I decided I was going to do that. And then those big in- injuries happen. And then you go, yeah, 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 you do something different. But you know what's funny is, <clears throat> yeah. I don't think I've told this story, is I used to ride this horse named Lysander. And I loved this horse. But once my career at the track ended, you know, things happen, life goes on. And then many years later, I was like, I'm going to track down Lysander. And I went through a whole thing on trying to find him. So is it kind of a similar tale to that? Like, how did the, how did a horse just disappear? So, uh, we, he was, my horse was stolen. It was the horse that I had. Yeah. He was my heart horse and I had brought him up to Kentucky with me and I had moved him to the training track that I was working at after my accident, the trainer said, just move him over here and we'll take care of him while you get back on your feet. And, uh, he disappeared one day. They called me and they said, Sarah, your horse isn't here. And I said, well, he has to be somewhere. (laughs) I was a science major before I moved to Kentucky and matter cannot be created or destroyed. My horse is somewhere. (laughs) And so I was like, he must have gotten loose. And I went all over. The training track is tucked away into an uh, equestrian neighborhood. And I went door to door to these farms. And my face was busted up after the accident. And um, I was asking, you know, have you seen my horse? And then it, we just figured out, like, he has to have been stolen. And so then I was, you know, you're just, like, thinking of the miles of Kentucky bluegrass. And, like, he could be anywhere in a field. And so it was a pretty mind-boggling and scary and harrowing experience. And I and, think but if, he was that horse. if they want to hear yeah. the end of that story, they have to listen to your book, I think. I think so. Yeah, they've got to <laughs> tune in. Oh, my God. Now I want to know what happened. <laughs> I wasn't going to let you give it away. <laughs> Did I find him? <laughs> I don't even know. Well, I want to know if you found him. So, like yeah, the you've got to finish ever. the book. That was a good tease. That was perfect. <laughs> You set it up well, Jamie. Thanks. Um, so now you're doing something different. The book, it, it, you're putting the book out, oh, the whole book out as a podcast? Well, I, I got to be honest. There are 38 chapters, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to stick it out for all 38 chapters. <laughs> but right now, I am going with it. It's coming out as a podcast. Every other week, I release a chapter. And the book is going to officially release in April. And so I... I won't be done podcasting it before the book comes out. Um, But I just really wanted to give people a taste and get to see, you know, is this something you want to support and be a part of? And if it is, you know, they can stay tuned in and, and I can make you wait 
for two weeks. You know, I think that's a brilliant <laughs> idea, actually. I, I don't know why more authors don't do this, uh, you know, because it does get you invested. You put out four or five or even 10 chapters of a book that size. You're invested then. You want to hear, you want to know the end, right? And then having to right. buy the book to get it or buy the audiobook or whatever. Um, I think that's, that's, I don't know, that's an excellent marketing ploy. We'll see how it works. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'll be honest. I got the idea from someone else. Okay. I didn't come up with it on my own, but I'm enjoying it, and I'm loving getting the feedback from people. Are you going to keep going and then release it as an? You're reading it anyway. Are you going to keep going and release it as an audiobook? I will, but I'm probably going to re-record um, because the audiobook is such it's such a higher quality yeah. recording than the podcast. Yeah, Audible and I'll have especially. To re-edit everything. Yeah, Audible has massive restrictions on how you record and how good it has to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I did my last audiobook and it was it was a lot. So okay, now I'm all I can think about is time. did she find the horse or not? That's all I can think about. Wanna... <laughs> You'll have to stay tuned. Check out the Live Ride Learn podcast. <laughs> what did you learn? What was I'm gonna ask you both this. If you had one takeaway, I'm only going to allow you one. I know there was more than one for both of you. But if you had one takeaway from, you know, jogging at the track, riding those racehorses on the track, what was your takeaway? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with Jamie on this one, and then we'll come back to Sarah. What's the one thing you learned? The fact that I could do that. It was, it's incredibly physical and incredibly difficult and incredibly terrifying. And it's something that I was like, I want to do this. And I, I didn't have the same situation. I wasn't born like, I want to be on the back of a racehorse. But once I got to Kentucky and I was like, yes, I want to do that. Just gallop racehorses. The fact that I could do it gave me so much more confidence, I think, in life in general to be able, like, doing radio. I, you know, I, I can do it. I can do that. Um, so probably just a very, um, probably overinflated sense of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> That's good. So mine actually went the opposite. I got like my confidence went down a little bit, I think probably because I started with a really bad accident. And I learned that these babies, it really doesn't matter, honestly, how good of a rider you are. It matters how confident you are and that they really just need a leader. And so a lot of the times I would get on what was supposedly the nicest horses in the barn and they would be flying through the air and like lipazon are leaping and rearing. And I realized like they just need a leader instead of a, a nervous rider on their back. And so I've learned, I just got my first off the track thoroughbred four year old in years. And I've learned now, like I've been able to bring him along really well because I'm much more confident and I understand the importance of leading him instead of just like being an ornament on his back, hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Sarah, that's interesting that you say that and you learned what you need. And I like gave that to myself, but what, I, what I've learned now, what, what I learned at the track is so valuable now in my work with the off the track thoroughbreds, because you are, you are immersed in what their day is like and what the people right. around them are like and what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis, how they're fed, how they're worked, how they're walked, how they're ridden, how they're everything. And I, I think that now, now that you have a, a an off the track thoroughbred, you're going to just be like, yeah, got this. Yep, I know. Yes, so, I'm having so much fun. It's been 
it's been so good to get a new one. I'm going back to your clip, and this goes for both of you, too. You can both answer this one. So I'm going back to your clip, and you were talking about the boys hanging over you. And you really both were in a men's world, you know, especially, I don't know how long ago yours was, Sarah, but when Jamie was doing it, it was definitely a man's world. Um, what, you know, was it hard? Was it hard being in that world? Did they treat you differently? You know, what, what experience do you have? Sarah, I'll start with you on that one. To be honest, I didn't really... Re- I didn't realize I was in a men's world when it was happening, but I've since gone back to the track and looked around and realized out of hundreds of people, there's about three women. Um, and so then I just thought, I just want to do this. But all the men kept saying, they kept saying things like be careful and treating me like I was made of porcelain. And it all, it, it made me more nervous and it didn't, I didn't get better until I got around some men who just treated me like a rider instead of a woman. Um, but it was, I will say you ha- you learn to be careful on the backside because it is a lot of men and you know, like, I just made sure I didn't get put in dark corners anywhere. So, okay, Jamie. So I'll be interested to hear Maybe what your experience was. Fuzzy answer. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I was, I was 19 and really dumb, just really dumb. I don't think I, I probably at that point was using that to my advantage to be to be completely honest. Now, would I behave like, I mean, I was a bad, like, would I behave like I did then? I would be, no, because I would be much more cautious. But there was a point in my life being immersed in that culture where I had to make a decision. Am I going to do this or am I, am I going to move on? And there was a, 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 an exact moment in my head where I was like, you know what? If I choose this, this is my lifestyle. And I don't want this lifestyle. I don't want to be a track rat. I don't want to be like living in a groom's quarter with, you know, uh, in the, in the barn. And this is just, this is not the way I want to go. So there was a definite moment where looking around and seeing the lifestyle and all the men, all the things I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to be. Well, what this about guy. all that big money you were making doing that? Oh yeah, man. Dude, I'll tell you what, I made $10 a horse I rode. And to me at 19, I make $10 a ride. What? You pay me $10 to do this? Yes. I was like, I was a millionaire. It is really good money when you're young and you're done by 10 o'clock. So then you can go have another job and make more money. Yeah. That's when I went to school. So I was like, Hey guys, I'm not going to be here until like 10. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I, think I can't you did wait it at the same time because I was in school too. I can't wait for people to listen to your book and read your book. You said the book itself is coming out in April, but they can get the the taste right now. Tell people where they go to the listen to it. Okay, so they can go to the Live Ride Learn podcast, and it is on every major podcast player. If you try to listen and you can't find it, go to liveridelearn.com and click contact me and tell me that it's not on your podcast player so I can fix that because it should be everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And I'll put the links to it in our show notes too as well. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. We appreciate it. It was fascinating. The fun well, walk thank you all so much lane. for having me. <laughs> yes, I love chatting about galloping on the track. <laughs> Your horse has unique feed needs and Purina has you covered from breeding to senior horses and from performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between. Purina has an extensive portfolio of research back options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put Purina's research to the test to find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. 
It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. It always is good. You know, let's be fair. So um, here's the deal. On Sunday night, I put up a post on the auditor's Facebook page and I say, what are your equestrian first world problems? And then you fill it out. You fill in the blank. And so these are real problems by real people. And we should all be very sad for them. Um, So, Glenn, if somebody wants to become an auditor to participate in this, how do they do it? Like the three people did this week. Go to horseradionetwork.com. Click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you can join the party and help support the hosts. Jamie gets a piece of that, too. So you're helping support the hosts. And you're also uh, being part of the Cool Kids Club. There you go. All right. Well, Sharon sent this one and uh, she says, and I really love it when people write in the sound effects that I should make (laughs) when I'm reading it. And so Sharon says, I got to go up to beautiful Lake Tahoe and ski and snowshoe in the lovely mountains. But when I came home, it was too windy to ride my horse. Ah! (laughs) She wrote in the, uh, I like that. Um, Laura says, my horse is finally in consistent work again, and I'm leaving for Florida this week, and then I have to go to San Diego a week later, and it's going to be below zero here, but I don't get to ride my horse. (laughs) (laughs) Debbie says, I downloaded that. Oh, I got to talk about this. So on Friday, we were talking about, um, I talked to like John Nunn. I was like, okay, on your website, you need to have a place where you can upload a picture and people can try on all these different colors because we don't buy, I don't buy barn colors. I buy colors for each horse. And uh, apparently that's the thing. Uh, No idea is a new idea. Uh, There's an app called Dress Your Horse or Dress My Horse, and you can upload a picture of your, I downloaded the app, but I haven't got a good picture yet. Um, You can upload the picture of your horse and like try all these different things on them, which sounds awesome. And uh, apparently after I said that, there was a lot of people that posted, duh, there is an app called Dress My Horse. Well, people like Debbie say, I downloaded that Dress My Horse app, and now I want to change all my horse's colors and buy all (laughs) new saddle pads. There was a lot of posts about that. Kelly too was like, "I'm I want to buy all the things now, so it's a problem." So maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I do. Maybe I you do. don't. <laughs> Danny says, "I officially sat on my baby horse for the first time, and now all I can think about is riding her." But I can't do too much because she's a rising three. <laughs> she, by the way, congratulations! She did post pictures of her riding her new horse in the auditor room. Danny, seriously, do all the things at the walk that you want them to do. It's move off your leg, come forward, give to the bit, trail ride, pony, and everything. I just spent a year with two three-year-olds, and now they're doing great because of all the walking things that I did. Um, Rachel says, my husband, not that you asked for advice. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, uh, Rachel says, my husband and I finally found the perfect horse for him after looking for months. But now it's muddy and we can't ride together. (laughs) Indoor. We all need indoors. Uh, Kim says, I cashed in my Christmas and birthday Dover gift cards. And I was able to get five pair of breeches on sale. That means it's like they're free, Glenn. Yes. Well, especially with gift cards, they really are. (laughs) uh Uh-huh. But between the cold and my holiday lack of dieting, I haven't even tried them on. (laughs) We all do that, men and women. We buy to the size we think we should be. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) 
There's a profound statement. I didn't write that down. That was a good write that down. Yeah. Buy the size you want to be. Yeah, we always Not buy the, to size. the size we think we should be instead of the and, size we are. And then you get them and you're like, <laughs> I don't even want to try these on. But, I, I, but you don't send them back because that's admitting defeat because you know someday you're going to be down to that size again. I should, let me tell you the truth is I threw away, like, I have some really nice jeans. I donated them. I didn't throw them away. Really not. I was like, I am never going to fit in these again. Damn it. Now I need to buy oh, new now jeans. You, <laughs> that's why I always keep my fat jeans and my skinny jeans. I have two I was, sets. I was like, these are so skinny. I'm <laughs> never going to fit in these again. I'm never going to be a four. Like, who am I kidding? Because when I got sick and after the surgeries, I was down like 50 pounds. And I had my skinny jeans. And now they don't fit anymore, but I'm not getting rid of them because I'm going to be able to use them again someday. See, I gained 20 pounds when I have surgery because it was a shoulder surgery. So my <laughs> oh, yeah, other arm was perfectly fine to eat. <laughs> no, you just need to cut out your insides. Then you lose I weight. <laughs> Seriously. Kaylee says, by the way, don't do that. Um, Kaylee says it was four degrees here. Yay. And I'm in northern Alberta, Saskatchewan. So I had to take advantage of the melting. What melt at four degrees? Well, Nothing. that's You're- fair. That's fair. Uh, Celsius. So it's above oh. freezing there. Yeah. She's, oh, she's saying how that. warm it was. Is what she See, said. I'm dumb. Um, she said she had to take advantage of the melting to scrape poop out and clean out the shelters, and she didn't have time to ride. <laughs> That's the problem with owning your own barn and farm. That's the case, is a lot of times you're spending all the time doing the work, and you never yes, ride. <laughs> but you can listen to the post show today, and I'll tell you how to get your chores done. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. And a, I got the tease. perfect thing. Uh <laughs> Audrey this show's said, good, full of good teases today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I registered for an OTDB training clinic for me and my baby racehorse. But she's so perfect that, like, I had to leave the recent challenges section on the questionnaire blank. <laughs> <laughs> Maya says, my coworker called out my first word problem when I sighed to her the other day that... <sighs> I haven't been able to train for any ultra marathons because all of my free time is spent doing horse stuff. (laughs) Uh, Jenna says, I've been listening to horses in the morning while driving to the indoor arena to work my two horses, but now I have to find something else to listen to while cleaning my other four horses stalls at home. (laughs) Lilla says, I have great ideas. I have the best ideas for horse names. And I don't plan on buying any new horses right now. <laughs> There's always people posting online. What should I name my new horse? You just drop. Well, unless you don't want to drop the nuggets because you want to save them for yourself. Either way. Uh, Jessica says, and Jessica, I feel you, girl. All of my saddle pads are so dirty. And I need to find a day my husband is out of the house so I can sneak them home and wash them. But instead... I'm shopping online because it's easier to just buy new ones. <laughs> I always said, this is the thing. If I win the lottery, I will never wear the same pair of socks twice. I will take them off and dispose of them. Socks, white, fluffy, tall, comfortable socks. And then I will take them off and dispose of them because then you don't have to wash them and match them. I hate matching socks. It's my and and there's nothing better than a brand new pair of socks. So that must be the same with the saddle pad. I get you, Jessica. Yeah, I and I'm you. one of those people that I cannot put a pair of socks on the twice. So if I wear them for ten minutes and have to take them off for a reason, I'm new socks. I cannot put used socks back on. Yeah, you're weird about socks too. I am really weird about socks. Well, don't take your socks off during the day. I mean, because you know, I get it. 
It's yeah, like underwear. You're not going to put them back on I unless you inside them out. You can I can't yeah, okay. <laughs> Margaret says, I spent lots of money to clear my property and purchase and set up my barns last fall so that I can bring my horses home. But now I don't want to move them because I love the barn where I board and I love all the people there and they have an indoor arena and I don't have to get up 5 a.m. and feed them before money. Why did I just waste all that money? <laughs> well, I, I think you should have two sets of horses. One you keep there and one you have at home. That's ah, that is the best idea ever. Isn't that what Carrie said she did? Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, Lisa says, That's a, what suddenly... would Jamie do? That's what Jamie would do. Yeah, right you there. need more horses <laughs> to keep at home. But then you still have to get them and feed well, them up. Just get a couple of babysitter horses at home, you know, a couple of oldies and keep them around. Just have horses in your property to justify it and then keep the good horses at the boarding stable. Just put a round bell out. That'd be fine. Um, Lisa says, suddenly I have enrolled in some indoor cross-country training, and I really want to go there with my youngster, but I don't know if I'm brave enough. What's indoor cross-country training? How do you do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's those indoor cross-country competitions. I don't know. She's yeah. in another country. We don't We don't know what oh, she yeah, does there. Oh, yeah, that's right. The arenas there are probably bigger. Sorry, Lisa, you have to explain. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, Leah says, yesterday the barn was so quiet and I had the indoor ring all to myself. And it was so boring. I didn't know what to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Catherine says, I have to get a new saddle for my horse, and now it's blown all of my funds to go to the World Cup funnels to go watch Alati and Jessica go at it. I'm assuming that's Jessica Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jessica says, I dropped my earbuds last week, and the left one doesn't work right anymore, so now horses in the morning sounds tinny and distorted, and I simply cannot go on! <laughs> You know they're like ten dollars, right? Uh, no, they're expensive. Okay, two more. Cheap earbuds H- are ten dollars. Just we'll yeah, but they don't work. They they're they're you have to have the ones that are wireless, right? Because the wires get all crossed. Okay, and, twenty dollars. Yeah. Uh, I think they're more. Adrian says, and I think I they sound started, tinny anyway. So I mean, part of that. Could I don't. I sound no. <laughs> no. with your new mic, um, especially that you got for Christmas. Yes, thank you. I have started soaking my horse's feed. And now no one is bolting their feed and they're all eating their supplements. But they're so slow in the morning. I have to like go out and feed 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like to give a winner uh, to this one. And I don't know if this is a first world equestrian problem, but it's definitely a problem and it's funny. So Alyssa says, have you ever had one of those days where your horse poops on your sleeve while you're doing up the leg straps of their blanket? <laughs> yes. Yes. She said, it's usually okay. a runny day. <laughs> and then a few minutes pass and you absentmindedly wipe your mouth with said sleeve uh, and then proceed to lick your lips. Uh, <laughs> yep. I ate poop. That's a that real is how problem. my 2023 is going. How's yours? <laughs> Oh, gross. Now I have that visual in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. And in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm the one who like puts chapstick on and then grooms the dirtiest horse. And then I'm like crunching dirt because I licked my lips with my chapstick on uh, and I'm crunching dirt the rest of the day. I can't say I've eaten poop, but now that I've read this, I'm probably going to do that. Because now I have to go blanket after this. So, great. And why are they always do it when they're a little bit running? It's always when this? they're a little bit running. <laughs> None of those firm poop balls. <laughs> it's always green and runny. Well, on that note, we're going to leave everybody today. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Glad we could help. Uh, we're and gonna remember post show. I'm gonna tell you how to get your barn chores done. There you go. And it Parenting didn't cost you a win. thing, did it? No. Nope. Oh, it well, cost. Some, some oh, hair, it cost. <laughs> it cost a lot. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, tomorrow we're off, uh, and we'll be back on Wednesday with a brand new show, apparently with uh, you coming from California. Maybe. Maybe. Fingers crossed. But the snow doesn't uh, get too deep. Bay Mooter Gill. 